Yeah. I'ma tell you guys a little story about the House of Warriors. We ain't the people of the copper Hello, my name is Kelsey Abraham, First Nations Health Authority Community Coordinator for Youth and Child Care. Welcome to First Nations Health Authority Podcast, Strengthen Yourself. I'm here with Megan Metz. Please introduce yourself. Yauts, Nuch Megan T. Kundach Abukukrayu. Gekalins Amotsihe. Helge Nuchen. Chaes Lanugwa. Margaret Grant, do Mike Ridsdale. Wheat Viashens. K. Grant, Mama Owens. Gary Grant, Baba Owens. So, hello, my name is Megan Metz. My Chaisla childhood name is Kunduch. I come from Tsimotsa, currently known as Kinemet Village or Haisla BC, home of the Haisla Nation, and I'm a part of the Kilwell clan. My parents are Margaret Grant and Mike Ridsdale. Kay Grant is my maternal grandmother, and Gary Grant's my maternal grandfather. I know it's a custom for many of us to introduce ourselves as well as our families before we begin, and it just felt like the appropriate way to start. My current job is with Heisler Nation Council in the Culture and Language Program, the Digitization and Preservation Technician. So I work with my communities, library, and archives that we have, whether it's documents or like audiovisuals, any type of recordings. And I, I do my best to try and learn what I can from the resources we have and teach it back to my community, whether it's through language or through different presentations with youth or working with our elders and fluent speakers, trying to document our language. I'm really passionate about culture and language revitalization. And I feel like all I've done in my life, especially in the past, six years has been trying to set myself up to be in a good position to be a part of this change that I want to see, this positive change I want to see. Thank you, Megan. Tell us about your first thoughts or actions that you took on your language journey. I also have gone away for schooling, which was very difficult at first, I can admit. Not everything went according to plan, but I've learned since then not quite everything does in life. And there's uh, some beauty in going with the flow sometimes and just seeing where life takes you and who gets placed on your path. And the more I kind of took time to just pause and think about what actually makes me happy, what I want to be doing, who I want to be doing all of that with, Slowly, I started to find what I was passionate about, what I was interested in, and what made me happy. And I started to find other people in my community doing similar things. And, you know, slowly through networking and seeking out mentors, that led me to be where I am today. And part of me feels it's important to share stories like this. So, other people and other communities and other nations can see what's possible. You see the resources that are out there. And I know I, I myself have been so inspired by other people's stories, other people's nuyum, as we would say. And this is me sharing nis nuyum, my story or my truth. 
Thank you, Megan. Tell us about how this journey started for you. Tell us about your first thoughts or actions that you took on your language journey. Well, as I mentioned, I initially tried to go away to school, like right after high school. I tried to go to university for a year, but I was dealing with a lot of grief during that time. Eventually felt like loss of an immediate family member during that time. And I that's when I kind of started to reevaluate, realizing I was already miserable after one year of schooling. Do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? So seeking out what made me happy or really piqued my interest, I, I came back home to be with family and to just try find out who I was. And when I looked around our community, I seen the people that were starting this, this language work. And one of them happened to be Teresa. And in that year, I figured I wanted to use this time to grow. So I was attending all these conferences, left, right, center. And eventually one told me as a part of the application process that I had to seek out a mentor that could help me fulfill whatever project or plan I create while at that specific conference. So I remember sitting around with my mom one day and she's trying to list off all these people in the community that are working with youth or, you know, just, you know, things that might be fun for me and kind of very politely just said no to every single one and kind of ran it by her like, hey, you know, I was thinking of maybe reaching out to Teresa. I see what she's doing and I think I want to do that. And she reminded me that my mama, oh, my grandmother did language work and that it would be a pretty, a pretty beautiful thing to see that continued somehow. So I stopped by our band office one day and made the appointment to meet with Teresa. And I sat down and I kind of told her what I just explained now. I'm going to this conference and I need a mentor. Would you be willing to be my mentor? And I was so nervous to, to do that. I wasn't really one to put myself out there in the community like that very often. But I'm really, I'm really grateful I decided to take that step one day, as nervous as I was, because that's what, that's what led me here, doing this work now that is just so incredibly fulfilling to me. Megan, you mentioned who you are. Can you talk a little bit more about how your language work is helping, or has it helped you find out who you are? Yeah, definitely, as I've done my own reconnection to, I guess, this part of myself, I realized how much your language and your culture shapes the way that you see the world and the way that you interact with the people and the things in that world. Um, going away for school and taking courses in anthropology, I feel really helped me better understand and appreciate these differences in language and culture, the diversity that we have on this earth. And it made me like realize the parts of me that might have been missing because I don't, I didn't quite have those growing up. And then as I'm learning the history that comes along with all of that, the why I didn't have my language, why I didn't have certain aspects of my culture and my upbringing, it brought in its own grief too part of me felt like like why me you know why now why couldn't you know maybe 
maybe I could have been born in 20 years and we'd be, you know, Heisla would be everywhere by then and it would just be easier, you know. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized I'm living in a, in a time of change. And although it's difficult and sometimes stepping into this work, a lot of your own trauma kind of surfaces in ways you weren't expecting. But along the way, I've learned what was mine from my own lifetime and what was passed on to me through my bloodline. My language helped almost give me the words that I needed to describe such pain, but also such joy and such beauty in the world. And it helped me reframe of everything that's been missing or taken away. It's like, no, it's just resting. Because like I've said, there were certain maybe teachings or ideas, practices, whatever you'd like to call it, that I didn't quite participate in growing up because I didn't understand. But there were some that I really clung to because even though I was a kid, part of me knew I felt connected to the people that I was dancing with, to the crest that I was wearing on my back. But as I got older, you know, being cool became a lot more important, unfortunately, than just being Chaisla, just being Megan. So I tried to morph or fit myself into all these boxes to fit in and be cool with the people I thought were cool. And um, unfortunately, that led me to be disconnected from the dancing, the singing, the songs I used to enjoy like so much. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school and experienced that grief and that loss where I just it's like the ultimate feeling of being lost. Like, who am I? Like, why? Why? Why am I here? What am I going to do? Where am I going? I don't even understand where I come from. Like, maybe that's the first step. Going back home, just reconnecting to the land, like truly for the first time, appreciating what's around me. And um, trying to, I guess rebuild that that sense of community I felt like I had as a kid but then slowly disconnected myself from through through time through being a teenager <laughs> and now as a young adult I, I I've experienced what that I've experienced how impactful that can be just learning about your culture learning how to speak your language and I just want that experience that sense of of pride that sense of belonging and that sense of place for all of our people it's it's hard to describe feeling like you're out of place when you're in your own home territory that your ancestors have lived in for thousands of years it's a heartbreaking truth to come to terms with so young but it means i have so much time now in my life to come to peace with that in myself and hopefully help other people find that peace and that healing too. Thank you, Megan. Very powerful. Now you mentioned passing it on to other people and passing it to your community. How are you doing that right now? And how do you want to do that in the future? Right now, I help out with our youth culture camps that we have in the summertime. In the first couple of years when it was moved over to our program, the culture and language program, I was really involved. I was out there for the full 10 days of the camp for the multiple camps. And it was complete disconnection from technology, 
you had outhouses, you had, you know, the shower in a bag that you had to use, or you would go sit in the hot springs or sit in the river and the meals, like we got three meals a day and like all this nutritious food and snacks and there was only water. We weren't drinking juice regularly. There was no like unhealthy foods and we were learning our language every day, you know, just being around these kids, learning how to have fun. It reminded me of that because I realized how I'd been so down and out about myself. So I feel like they, as much as I tried to teach them all I've learned, they also taught me how to have fun, how to be present and just enjoy each other's company. I've also just last year, so 2021, actually started teaching my first ever class. It was a, a small class the Active Measures program in, in our department. And I've been teaching them beginner language lessons. And it's been so incredible for me. When I was first approached and asked like if I'd be willing to do that, I was I was very shocked. And I was like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> like there's there's a lot of really amazing people that we have that work here that are so knowledgeable. And but that person was uh, consistent and they believed in me and I'm really grateful that they did because I've, I've surprised myself and my own knowledge. And it's, it's made me realize how much uh, I doubt myself, but I wonder how much of that was learned because for so long, all the generations before me were told that our knowledge, our language, our way of just being and doing was less than somehow, or it was somehow like primitive or negative. And yeah, it was, uh, a big moment for me to realize all those feelings weren't actually mine. So Megan, please tell us where you learned your language and how did that go? And the process, I mean, you you moving back home, what are the next steps? Who do you meet? So growing up, there are some terms, words or phrases that were commonly used by my grandparents and by my parents but I was never fully talked to, like in high school growing up. And I did get to learn through going to the preschool in our village and the community school in our village. Heisla was offered there. So I was just talking about this with my older brother the other day, cause he recently had his first child with his partner there. And I was saying like, part of me really kicks myself for not really trying to work at remembering what I learned in elementary and in preschool. Cause I used to be able to sing nursery rhymes and say these little riddles, Heisla. But once I got to high school, that wasn't an option anymore. And we had to start learning French instead. So I lost a lot of that, that Heisla that I did have. And it started, I felt like it started to be replaced cause I was using Heisla less and using French more. And part of me was was a little upset and angry about that. But part of me, just because I was a kid, was like, well, this is how it is, I guess. But now that I'm older, I'm realizing it doesn't have to be. And the right now, I'm actually in a program with the University of Northern British Columbia. I'm working on completing a certificate in Khaizlakala, in the Khaizla language. And hopefully that will help me get start getting the certification I need to truly begin to teach people and continue to teach people as we have been in the community. So it's been 
a little bit of everything, I guess. <laughs> some from the home, some from like your, your elementary. But now that I'm older, I get to take these courses at the university level, and I'm hoping to continue to create more opportunities for immersion, not just for myself, but for our community too, just so we can really start to boost our fluency levels. Yeah. Megan, you mentioned mentorship. How important is it for you in your journey to have a mentor or mentors? For me, it was extremely helpful because, as I mentioned, I struggled with, with doubting myself or overthinking things and being just overwhelmed in general. So having someone else there that has had similar experiences or has already successfully worked through this problem I'm just experiencing for the first time. Like it's it's nice to have that gentle reminder when you need it or someone to ground you when you feel like you're just like, ah, oh, what is happening? It's nice to have someone to just help you reestablish your sail and regain control and just weather the storms that you face. And it's also just in this work, I think, it's really important for your own health and well-being to have someone to confide in that understands the magnitude of the work. Because as I've said, there's a lot of, of, of trauma involved, to be honest, and there's days where it really hits you and you're, you can easily get consumed by this grief because it is so heavy. So it's, it's definitely very important to have someone that you can really lean on and someone that could lean on you too, because it's it's a good feeling to allow help to come in, but it's also a good feeling to help others when you see them in a similar spot that you've been in. So, and it's the way our people would have learned naturally too. You kind of would watch someone with their skill, whatever it was, and if you showed interest, they would guide you. So, I find a lot of our communities are really starting to return to our old ways. And you can tell it feels right. It, it, it makes sense. You mentioned immersion. So please tell us a little bit about why immersion is important to you. Immersion is how we naturally learn right from when we're babies. We were not sat in classes immediately as young infants to learn English. You just learn by absorbing, by just watching, observing, witnessing, seeing what context people use what in, when people use language to make jokes versus when it's serious and when it's sad. You really start to catch on to the tones that people use. And in Heisla, the tone is really important. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting, too, to see how incredibly different Heisla is from English. Like We have sounds in our language that do not exist in English at all. So it's really realizing like you need to completely retrain your vocal tract and those muscles to make these new sounds that you've possibly never made before. So not only does it impact the worldview, like physically, it's very different. So just being exposed to it and tuning your ear to it is really important too. And immersion can help with that. Megan, it's interesting how in which language shapes our ways of being in the world and the ways in which we adopt of new language and learning traditional language changes our relationship with the world and our surroundings. 
Megan, can you speak a little bit about how the journey has been? Because it's not just a journey of learning phonetics and syllables, but a journey of realizing a different vision. You're learning your culture and language. I think four words I gave as an example on just how much Heisla shifted the way just walking through the fo- like just walking through the forest, learning Heisla made that experience different for me. Because now when I look at moss, it's not moss anymore. That's tiny, tiny little trees. That eagle is not an eagle. I'm describing its bright white head. That tree is not a tree. It's, it's standing outside. And those muscles on the beach aren't muscles. They're sitting outside. And me sitting outside, I would use the same word. Me standing outside, I would use the same word. You're just so incredibly connected. You're not different from the land. It's like you are the land. Oh, and the, the words, if you're curious. <laughs> I don't know how to say the word for moss yet. I've only seen it in a really old book. But eagles, eikstukwea. Eik is like the bright white head and the do part of it is that you're seeing it. And it's it's really incredible to actually start breaking down Heisla because one word gives you so much context <laughs> compared to English. So it's it's very interesting. Yeah, the word for muscle was kwas. And I think the word for tree is tlatwis. But it's also standing outside, Tlatwis, and sitting outside, Kwas. Those few words alone, I always share that with people because it just shows you. Like the way I describe that muscle is the same way I describe myself. There's no other way to make that way of viewing the world clearer, you know? Because people will just walk on the beach and walk all over muscles, you know? <laughs> so it, it, cha- it changes it. It does change the way you even interact with things. So... Yeah, I hope that answers your question. Thank you for answering that, Megan. And this ends part one of the First Nations Health Authority podcast, Strengthen Yourself. Part two coming up. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. We're taking back the languages. They said you can have it. We're taking back.